0: You are now listening to the Hunter's Advantage Podcast. We preserve the history and sport of hunting through curious conversation and action-packed hunts, as well as offering you tips and strategy for more successful hunts. Everybody, welcome back to the Hunter's Advantage Podcast. This is episode 113. Today, I'm joined by... Patio12, and uh, Jacoby Gaylord. And today we're going to be talking about a request we got via email from our good friend, Alan McDonald, who enjoyed when we talked about our fails um, on the podcast, and he
1: wanted to hear about our gear fails, about sounds our like a equipment half... mistakes. Oh, sorry. Sounds like what? I was going to say sounds like a half-glass-empty kind of guy if he wants to hear about fails all the time. Well, he's at the right podcast, because we have plenty.
0: Hey. <laughs> so I'm going to read his question just to kind of set the stage. This is what Alan asked. He said, enjoyed the last episode on mistakes. I learned more by what not to do. So do we. Would like to hear a podcast on equipment mistakes. I have tubs full of gear I had to buy to try out, then never use them. Would be great to hear from others what they carry and how many different setups they start the season with. Boom. That's what we got. Carol, you wanted to get started? Yeah, sure. 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 Well, but, what are you bringing? Why?
2: Well, over the years, it's changed. Let's just say when we first started hunting public, I was overprepared. I mean, you just needed necessities and I figured out the necessity required. Well, I say this, you, you don't have to have a stand, but if you want to hunt in a tree, <laughs> you need a stand. I mean, Hey, I've heard plenty of stories of people having success on the ground. Do you know so, how many people
0: we have on TikTok that go that were like, there was a TikTok we did the other day and it said, what's the most affordable public land setup?" like 30 people commented, you don't need a stand, bro. You can hunt on the ground. And I'm like, yeah. but he asked what was the most affordable setup. I wasn't going to say the ground. Yeah. Like, yes.
2: Yeah. If you want a most affordable, go find you a tree, cut it down, make you a bow, you know, and if we're gonna <laughs> yeah. out out, you can hunt for free. I mean, really just a $10 or illegal. Whatever. Yeah. $10 tag when it comes down to it, if you want to, but, uh, but yeah, I would just say, you know, if you want to hunt out of a tree stand, um, you can, get one of those cheap on marketplace if you really wanted to save some money um, n- <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah make sure it has teeth been there christian and i got in a tree one time 20 foot up and was yeah. we about to fall down i was like brother <laughs> that was Zola, a double I combined. we got we got out of the stand and the stand fell when i got out no no
0: no <laughs> Carol got into this stand. It was double set. We hung Jake. We didn't have the second ratchet strap for your Maristep. The and big at, game in the Maristep setup. By the way, yeah. by the way, yeah.
2: this thing is not, it's not 16 foot. We're talking like 22, <laughs> 23 foot up in this tree.
0: It's up there. It I up
2: there, and the first thing I say is, Christian, I don't know about this. He said, just get up there. Just get up there. <laughs>
0: <I'm> so <fighting. laughs> it was, you know, the one strap. And then when he got out, he was like, man, Uh, and I, I grabbed it with like three, two or three fingers and I went, uh, and I picked it up off the tree. The only thing that was holding on to the tree was him sitting in it. (laughs) But anyways, back to what I was saying that the
2: necessities, I mean, just your bow quiver release and all that. I mean, you don't have to have tons of stuff in your bag. I, what I run in my bag, um, and we'll have a YouTube video coming out on this. I think here in a few days,
1: shameless plug, if you film it, you will. (laughs) (laughs) All right.
2: Anyways. I really just run my camera in my bag and then I run my range finder and then a bowstring. I mean, I, I don't have really anything in there. I don't carry a saw, uh, because where we, where we hunt, we, uh, we have endless amount of spots where we can really just, you know, you, you, I don't think on public land you can really, uh, carry a saw and then tamper no, with things anyways. So, so yeah, I don't carry a saw. I don't, I mean, that's all I really carry is, uh, like I said, my release in my bag, my range finder and my camera. Um, and then also what I was getting, get, getting to the most important thing that everyone needs in their bag. And believe it or not, if you haven't learned, you will learn someday, carry a roll of toilet paper and you can thank me later. Single ply or what? I mean, man, whatever you can just grab before you leave the house. I mean, trust me, I, I if you're going to, if you're going cheap route, yeah, you could, but I would suggest the Charmin ultra soft and you can thank <laughs>
1: me later. Grab a roll. We've all been there. If you haven't, you will. Is it you that had the dude wipes last season? Yeah. That was was you?
2: It was. Yeah, why? Did you see him on the side of trails or what?
0: (laughs)
1: What's funny is like if you follow
0: the trail of toilet paper on public land, sometimes you can find pretty close to where people are (laughs) hunting. Yeah, I mean, that's how I got caught.
2: I said, hey, (laughs) here he is. And they said, is that your toilet paper? And I said, yeah. Shut up. Get in this tree with me. Come on.
0: Jake, what about you? What What are your pack essentials that you need, have to have?
1: Okay, so, obviously, Carol touched on it. You got all the necessities. Stand, bow, release, all that good stuff. Rangefinder, that's a necessity. Binos, it ain't like like a huge necessity, but if you don't have them, it feels like you're kind of like missing something. You know, it's like, I don't know. But, number one, thermosel. Number two, uh... It could be ninety eight degrees and I will always carry like a sweatshirt of some sort. Just it's I mean, especially early season. Uh to keep the mosquitoes off. And then uh yeah. Keep it super simple, water. And then you have like your main bulk that weighs fifty five pounds is all your camera gear. But yeah, I mean that's it for the most part. You guys carry a knife? No. I usually have like a side piece on me. Carol, do you not uh, carry I don't knife?
0: have either of those? <laughs> <laughs> you know good. how i figured out carol didn't have a knife when we walked up on his deer last year and i was like you got a knife he's like oh, no <laughs> oh no you actually didn't have one at your at your bag you said to go back and get it oh
2: yeah yeah i actually so i carry it's a multi-tool it's got you know like the I don't know. It's got like scissors. It's one of those. What do they call it?
0: Swiss. Swiss sword. armor knives. Yeah, yeah. One of
2: those. It's the operand one, but yeah, I have one of those, but it's like a very small, you're not doing anything with it.
1: It's in case I run into a bear, I can throw it at it. So <laughs> I think that's like the equivalent. Like if you try to gut a deer with that, I think that's the equivalent of that one time when me and Christian was at Roaring River and we, we went the spur of the moment. I don't know how we were like maybe 16, 17, if that, and, we didn't know we were going until like five a.m. and we were like, "Hey, let's go to Running River today and just trout fishing." Yeah, out of stupidity, we we drove up there and we we like bought the tag and all that stuff and started started fishing. We went to clean and we were like, "Hey, do you got a knife? No. Do you got a knife in your car? No." And we're like, "Well, what do we do?" So what we did is we drove to we drove into town to get something to eat. And of course, we were we were young and broke back then. Still, I mean, we're just now we're just a little bit older and broke. Older and broke. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we drove and we ate KFC. And what we did is we grabbed an extra set of plastic utensils and we tried to, uh, we, we went there to the little cleaning station they had and we tried to flay a trout with a plastic knife from KFC. <laughs> True story. Swear to God. One of the most shameful moments. And the thing is, is like, there's other people around the cleaning station, like, like cleaning their fish and also like watching. Cause it's usually like a family group. Well, <clears throat> there was this, uh, there was this, uh, mother of some kids and this mother was she was sitting there she was like oh I don't know how to clean these uh, you, you mind if I uh, watch you all and so we're sitting over there sawing no, on she it she wanted her kid wanted her kid to watch too. <laughs> yeah we were sitting over there sawing on it with a freaking plastic knife and not getting anywhere it looks like butchered it looks like a bear was like gnawing on it for like 30 minutes and she was just like oh haha, well y'all have a good day and just, just like <laughs> left within, within 15 seconds and we were just like well We're idiots, so I think we just like threw them all in their hole in like a Ziploc bag, and we're like, we'll clean these when we get home. It's fine. (laughs) That's awesome.
0: Oh, Roaring River, this is a good good time. So bring a knife, please, God, folks. Bring a knife. Bring a knife. I'm trying to think what I have in my bag that is unique. Um, I think one thing that I have to have is a gear clip, and basically all that is is. Kind of looks like a belt in some ways. You can wrap it around the tree, cinch it down, and it has little C hooks, or they open up and they look like a J. And you can put your bag, your grunt tube, all your stuff um on that. I like to have all my stuff kind of spread around the tree so you can move those hooks around and you can I'll put my bag on the other opposite side of the tree, pull out my grunt tube, put it on there. If I have a rattle bag, I'll put it on there. Um but something that I have that I don't you guys didn't say is. I always have a grunt tube, always. Never know when you're gonna need one to stop, and I always carry my rattle bag, even when it's hot in October. I'm trying to think what else. Oh, another thing that I always carry:
1: uh, ra- an extra rangefinder battery. I never I- keep that. I haven't changed my rangefinder battery since I <clears throat> since Abby bought it for me. i I've, I've
2: had the same yeah. rangefinder for ten years and have never. Ch- I don't know how it's how it works. I mean, it doesn't get to range a lot of deer. You know, me, um, it's got a lot of battery life. left. <laughs> yeah, It's got a lot of battery life. So I, I have no idea, but I have never changed it in 10 years, but to add on the, on the grunt tube, I move, I transition that into the bag about late, Oct- late October, early November.
1: Another big one. I mean, and I know everybody's guilty of it because Carol, I know if you can get signal up in the stand, you're going to be playing like clash Royale or something like that. So I would say multiple, <clears throat> uh, portable chargers. Like those big old battery packs you use to charge your phone? That's a good one. That's key for me because, you know, you get like Blackjack, download Blackjack, or like Monopoly on your phone, endless hours of fun.
0: Not Blackjack. Like, I play that Blackjack (laughs) game where
1: you start out with like $100, and I'm always
0: the guy that I'm like, all right, if I win two hands in a row, I'll quit betting everything I have. And then I do. And then, so I've worked my way up from legit like $100. One time I had like, I think over a million dollars, and I was getting so like bored of playing $50,000 a hand. I was like all in one hand, a million bucks and I lost. And that's one of the games that makes you wait like 10 minutes to get another hundred dollars to start playing again. And I almost threw my phone out of the stand.
1: I was so angry. (laughs) I did all that work, bet it all in one hand. So if you guys were to pick between only carrying one thing, either a rattle bag or a grunt tube, what are you taking? I'd say a grunt tube.
2: Yeah, I'm going to go with the grunt because I think a rattle is, is just too big. I think it's it's pretty big gamble. I mean, it could pay off, but I think that you're really, you know, really gambling on that.
0: And you can grunt at a deer when you see them. You can't rattle at a deer when you see them. Like, I guess you could, but if they're with any close proximity in bow range, I'm not going to rattle because that's very easy to pinpoint. But when you grunt, you can grunt it's really a lot softly. of too. It is a lot of movement. So... Yeah, I would say if if you're really a minimalist and you can only carry one of those, the grunt tube is definitely way more versatile. In my opinion.
1: Yeah. Well, there was a uh, well. Let's say you are a guy that that likes to rattle. There was actually a study done. I don't know if it was like Bronson Strickland or th- something like that, but I did hear it from his podcast, the Mississippi Deer Lab, and he was saying that uh, there was studies done in like a, like a Texas WMA or something like that that it was just used for research basically. And they did like sequences of loud and long rattles, uh, loud and uh, short rattles, and then soft and loud, or so- soft and long, long and uh, what's the other one? Soft and short. And they were they did the study for like I don't know maybe three years, and then just doing it like throughout the seasons. And again, I don't know if it's three years or six years, but it doesn't matter. But the the results of it was they had best results of deer coming in on the loud rattles and it didn't matter if it was loud and short or loud and long. But basically what I got from it was if they could hear it, that's when they'd be interested, but, and they would come in, but they also observed them like the deer was in range of hearing it. And they kind of like poked, poked their head up. Like, like they were kind of listening for a second, but as soon as they I, I, they identified it as rattling, then they just kind of moseyed on back and, I think that all that has everything to do with just, again, what we say is each buck has its own personality and that, and that's just what it is. Like, I don't really know if a grunt tube's better than a rattling bag, but it just depends on the deer. If that makes sense. I don't see enough deer to figure that out. So I, I mean, me neither. That's why I leave it to like <laughs> guys like that. But
2: I will a- say last year when I hit my grunt tube um, on the first day that we were there, that deer was not heading anywhere towards me or anything. Now, when you hit that grunt tube, you know that deer is going to go instantly try to get downwind of you. So, I mean, they're, they're going to, but that's what was happening. And I think, I don't know if that deer caught on on my trail or what happened, but no, it but, seemed uh, to work last year. At least it gave me an opportunity. I mean, it wasn't headed to me. I was like, why not? You know, what's it going to do? Head the other way even more. I mean.
1: The deer weren't interested, but uh, there were some folks. Uh, <laughs> Man, I had some, called other in some people. <laughs> yeah, I was pulling some other people. I know that. Yeah, it's funny. They must
0: have heard you from the truck. You ever think people just drive on public and they're like, uh, there he is.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Get him, boys. Get
2: I, him, boy. I do. I will say when I'm hunting, I mean I, I would never in my life follow somebody in, but I always do when you know we're driving in and I see trucks. I'm like, I wonder where they're at. Like, where would they, you know, why, why this spot? And then you look on, on X, you're like, oh, they're on that ridge. Duh. You know, why wouldn't they be?
0: Yeah. People probably do that with us too. I'm like, little do you know. I'm not, I'm <laughs> saw anything.
2: Yeah. <laughs> hey, you're going to be very disappointed because you're going to find me 30 yards off the road.
1: So you don't have to look very hard. Not only are you trying to look for deer, you're also trying to look and not step in toilet paper or use toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: that's awesome.
2: I what did else? catch somebody last year, though, that wasn't my toilet paper. They had beat me. I was like, oh, that's not mine. <laughs> that's really not. somebody." Well, Territory's
1: already marked. See you later.
0: That goes through this. Is awesome. that what public land hunters use to, like, say I'm in here? Like, I, I'm toilet paper marks? Leaving them?
2: Maybe, man. I, I don't know. I'm a magnet. Dude, I guarantee you, you could put me in 100,000 acres and I could go in the middle and people would still find me. Is it the smell? Maybe. It, it just <laughs> might be. It just might be.
1: That's so true.
0: What else do we carry in our bag that we think is significant enough to share with people?
1: Uh, safety harness. I mean, that's not necessarily in your bag, but that's what I would. Because, Saddle. The, yeah. Listen,
2: don't wear a safety harness. You got to risk it for the biscuit. <laughs>
1: I'm just—it's restricting, right? <laughs>
2: I'm just joking. Uh, one thing I do carry that people may think is weird, but I always carry two strings. I, I always have two strings in my bag. What um, do you mean two ha-
1: strings to pull up your bow? Yeah, to pull up my oh, bow. Gotcha. Um,
2: I—I was hunting by the best public land in all of Oklahoma. It's place up by Stillwater, um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I had the worst day of my life. I got up, my string broke with my bow and well, not pulling it up, but my string caught on something. And literally it was, it may have been 10 year old string. I don't know. <laughs> it broke. I had to go back down to get my string or to get my bow grabbed, grabbed the string, pulled my bow up. My quiver fell. I string my quiver on too, just in case my quiver fell out of the string. Had to go back down. This is the third time up this tree, by the way, go back down or go back up. And then my bag falls. <laughs> I went up and down this tree five times. And on the last time I was looking down with my headlight, my headlight falls off my head. And I said, it's just, I'm just done. It's just going to stay on the ground. And it was just stayed on the ground on. When the was this? <laughs> oh, this was when uh, my cousin knew and I went, this would have been, I was a sophomore. I lived in Avenue when we all lived in Avenue East up there. Oh man. Yeah. It was the worst day of my life. So I told myself I'm carrying two strings and sometimes if I'm far enough back there, I will double up because I'll tie the string around my belt loop and then I'll also wrap it around my climber. But just in case, if anything happens, you lose a string, I always carry two strings.
0: Do you remember when we were hunting and it was like right before an OSU game, we like we hunted in the morning, and it was when I shot that coyote. I dropped my <laughs> bow. I dropped my you bow. You mean the wolf? Of... Yeah. <laughs> the wolf. <laughs> I dropped my bow from like 20 foot up o- onto the ground. That dude, that was your Triax too. You hadn't had it for very long. No, it dropped all the way to the bottom. I had to. Go and to get we it. looked at each other, and I was like, "Well,
2: on the bright side, you dropped it in straight mud. That was probably the best thing that you could have possibly dropped. You didn't have a scratch on it when we got down there."
0: Mm-mm. So it dropped like on the site, and I'm still using that same site today.
2: Yeah, it it, it fell in straight mud, and I was like, "Well, you got lucky." <laughs>
0: It's true. I've done that same thing with a muzzleloader on a controlled hunt. Jake, I was hunting where you shot your, your 6 by 6 um, uh-huh. and I dropped my muzzle out of the stand, and it it was not so graceful this time. It was like, ding, 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 That's ding. That's rocky. Yeah, and it hit rocks on the bottom, and I was like, well, I'm done. It was like Saturday night. I was like, I'm done, even though I had the next morning to hunt because I was like, I'm going to shoot at a deer, and it's going to be a monster, and I'm going to miss. Because of this muzzleloader scope that just hit the ground five times. And you're gonna be better for it. I'm gonna be worse for it. So I <laughs> went home. I went home. Uh, so that's pretty much all we, we carry in our bag. I try to keep we try to keep it simple because on public man, weight is the game.
1: Is there anything that that that's in your bag that you for some reason keep in your bag, but you never use it and it just stays there? Mm.
2: Oh yes, I do. I went to Academy a few years ago. This is disgusting and you guys might judge me over it, but I, I bought deer pee and I have it bagged three times, literally in three Ziploc bags in my bag. That way there's nothing that comes out, but yeah, it stayed in my bag forever and every now and then I'll, I'll put a little on the bottom of my shoe walking in, but yeah, it. I mean, it's just a little bitty too.
0: Is that why all the people found you on public was cause they were following that deer trail, that deer pee. <laughs>
1: Maybe, man. I don't know. I have no idea, but I'm a magnet. I want to tell this story. So You're one time, so the way we do this, no, nah, I mean, let's just get to the bottom of it right here and let the whole world know. Okay. But, uh, again, this, this isn't any diss towards you because I mean,
2: no, go ahead tell this, tell the story. And then I'm going to tell my side Jake's, of it. Okay. You, forget a, of <laughs> you forget, forget a lot of details. I don't, You forget a lot of details. Of details. So, so in story.
1: the way we hunt public is, most of the time, obviously, we're all sharing a campground. We're all sharing the same tent. So what we do is we all load up in one vehicle. And what we do is we drive to one person's spot, drop them off, drive to the next person spot, drop them off. And then whoever's truck we're driving is usually the last one that gets dropped off. And uh so we go to the first spot, we drop Christian off, and I'm driving. Go to the and then me and Carol's kind of hunting on the same ridge. And so from okay, I want Christian to answer this. Christian. From your spot to where we were hunting on that ridge, where, okay, how far away was it you think, like minute wise with the truck? Minute wise? Yes. How many minutes do you think it would take after we left your spot to drive to where we park for our spot? Well, it's about eight or 900 yards, but you can't go
0: very fast. No. i probably, about it, probably three minutes. miles an hour. Three, three minutes? minutes. Yeah. Okay.
1: So. Carol did say before we left camp, and by and to get from camp to Christian's spot, it probably takes about forty five minutes. Like it's no a joke. ways, and so I do remember Carol saying like his stomach was hurting, and it maybe not hurting, but hey, sooner or later he's going to have to take a pit stop. That's basically <laughs> the way he put it. And
2: well, just tell it how it is. I told him, hey, I'm gonna ha- I'm going to have to stop this truck. I'm going to have to poop.
1: Yeah. So. I mean, just we get saying. all the no, way to Christian spot. If the yeah.
2: haven't been there, they will be. I mean, you're, it's gonna hit you one of these days. So you'll <laughs> you'll look back on this story and you'll re- you'll relate.
1: Yeah. We get to Christian spot, and mind you, it it takes a long time to get to these to these areas, it just because you can't drive very fast on these roads. We're running a little bit behind, I, I'm pretty sure, that morning, and I don't want to be late. And so we drop Christian off, and Peyton's like, Hey, give me a second, and then we'll go. And I'm like, dude. Because I haven't got dressed yet or anything, I still need to put on my my uh, safety harness and all that crap. I was like, let's just wait till we get to the, our parking area, and then I can get ready while you poop, and then we can basically walk in together at the same time. And uh, he was like, I don't know if I can make it. So long story short, we load up in the vehicle and start driving down the road. We don't get on the road thirty seconds, <laughs> and I'm driving. He leans up in passenger seat. He, he grabs that that oh crap handle, and he's like, I think we're gonna have to pull over. And I'm like, can you really not make it? Like, we're literally have like another 300 yards. And, and he's like, you're going to have to stop the car. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're going to have to pull over. And, and and I'm like, no, we're already running late. Just stick it out. Like, I don't care what. And so, I, I, of course, I start speeding up. And then it gets to the point. And he's like, dude, you said that 30 seconds ago. We're almost there. And I was like, dude, we're almost there. It gets to the point where uh, where he like opens my door. He's like, I'm going to jump. I'm going to jump. <laughs> and so of course i'm not slowing down and long story short we get to that area and <laughs> he goes and relieves himself while i get ready but <laughs> i just it's just one of those things was that accurate peyton i said
2: for an hour i have to go <laughs> and jake just kept well let's get to christian spot and you can go we get to christian spot load up we gotta go we gotta go but the issue is is I don't know about y'all, but I can get to a tree and I can be up in that tree bow in hand in three minutes. I just shimmy up a tree so quick, but Jake has to, I don't know what Jake does because we're still an hour before daylight. Everybody needs to know that we're still an hour before daylight. I will be up in my tree in 15 minutes and sit there and play games on my phone for 45 minutes. I don't know why. I don't know how I can't shoot a deer, but I guarantee I'm a world's fastest tree climber when it comes to put in a climber. I hate getting there early and I, long story short I told Jake I had to go for an hour and he just kept pushing it pushing it back we're almost there we're almost there yeah well 300 yards is 15 minutes on these roads people don't understand that
1: that's a fair point
2: and yeah that is true I opened the door and I said I will jump out this <laughs> damn truck right now if you do not stop. you're not to
1: tuck and roll then <laughs> but we I made mean, it yeah yeah Carol made it I think without any brown streaks and all that stuff so it should be good
0: that's pushing
2: it but yeah we made it
1: <laughs> touching cotton
0: oh okay okay see a little more back on top they had to know that though that's 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 one of the stories they just have to know so to answer alan's question a little more specifically he wanted to know what are some equipment mistakes that we've had i know we can talk about what we don't have in our bag but let's let's talk about some equipment mistakes or malfunctions we've had while hunting does any come to the top of your mind
2: Well, I hit a, I went to shoot a deer and hit my tree stand with my bow, (laughs) but that wasn't really the bow's fault. Um, It was tree stand's fault. Yeah. Tree stand's fault. (laughs) Grabbing a bar. Damn you, Summit. Um, an equipment. It's not really equipment. I would say it is equipment, but it's not my, my clothing that I wore in. Um, you know, the first time when we went to hunt, I, uh, I had the lacrosse boots, 1600 grains. you know, the 10 pound boots. I had undershirt. I had the fanatic jacket. I mean, I was like, I ain't getting cold up here, you know. I, I it's one of the first times I hunted, and that was a big failure. of It was I October. Overpacked. I overpacked, and I took way too much stuff in. When you just got to keep it simple. But I mean, that wasn't really a failure, but at the same time, a pretty big learning experience that I just, I just,
1: I took too much stuff in. Michelin Man. So yeah. once you, yeah. you can
2: you edit a picture in there? I know that yeah. you have a Boop. photo of it.
1: <laughs> one time I forgot to check my uh my bootstraps that you put on, on the bottom piece of your climber that you stick your, your feet in to shimmy up the tree. So I guess they because I bought it from Richie. Or I didn't buy it from Richie. Richie gave it to me. Or I borrowed it and never gave it back. Either one. He already put like a piece of like a a piece of ratchet, I guess, on the bottom piece. And he stuck his boots in there, and that's just what I use. Well, I didn't grab it all one summer, and so just sitting out there. And so I was like, oh, it should still be good. I go out there, stick my feet in it, and go to try to shimmy up. And the uh, the ratchet was like – felt like dust. And as soon as I went to pop my, my, my feet in there, the rope broke. And so what I had to do is I had to take one of the, one of the other pieces of rope that – was used for like the backpack portion to wrap it over your shoulders. I had to cut that off and then I weave that in between and use that as my, as my boot piece to shimmy it up. And you're still using it to this day. Yes. Are no, you going to switch to the saddle? I'm going to try to.
2: Yeah, no, you don't change. You won't change. You'll try it. You'll try it for two minutes and be like, no, it sucks. This sucks.
1: The thing is, you ain't using that climber in Kansas. there a tree. No, no, there is not a tree, but I don't know. I don't, I feel like I'm going to like the, like the saddle, but it's just, it's just a, like a, a big switch because I'm like in love with my climber. Cause once you get it set up, now it, it's, it's a snitch to drag in places, but once you get it set up, dude, there's nothing better.
0: You don't even get to hunt half the time, you're asleep. Well, yeah
1: man that's what i run into <laughs> with my
2: i got that summit viper that big son of a gun it might be heavy but man when i get situated i'm like all right i'll get some shut eye for two hours and look around every now and then and <laughs> that's how my hunts go but i
1: try not to sleep you know i try to just doze off and then we're like i'm not like completely out but once you hear something you know every now and then you'll kind of just like give it one of these but the thing is if i if i'm what like alert and just kind of even if i'm awake i mean I know a lot of people won't admit it, but I'm on my phone, right? Like I guarantee you, if I had a camera crew above my head, filming my every move, 99% of the time I'm staring down at my phone. Now, granted I'm looking in between, but if a deer is like super, super quiet, it's probably going to walk right past me to be honest. And I know that's the same for everybody. Everybody's on their phone. If someone says, no, I, I sit out there for countless hours at a time, just, just watching squirrels. And it's just like, well, sooner or later you're going to days off and like, like just start daydreaming and so you can only stay like focused 100 percent. because there was there was a few days in there that that and me and carol talked about this while we're at camp that uh i don't know if it was super windy but everybody else was seeing movement so we were just like focused like and and there's hunts where i would sit there and i would just be like keep my head on a swivel constantly but uh the end of the day i would come back like mentally drained and i'd just be like dude i'm exhausted like just just trying to look everywhere and like try to hear everything at the same time like it was just it was draining and i don't think someone could do that for you know a whole week-long rutcation where you're just just 100% focused you'd have to probably like get be jacked up on adderall or something to in order to do that as corny as it sounds when i put my
2: phone down and actually try to pay attention like for you know all hunt i mean believe it or not i'm really not on my phone probably I really don't stay on my phone because if I don't have service, there's nothing to do. I don't have any games that I can play if I don't have service. (laughs) But when I really concentrate, I, man, I lose it. I I start getting bored and I start getting a headache. If I'm sitting there squinting my eyes, I think I see something, you know, and I, you know, we all, I, I know I'm not the only one that you hear something and you're like, Oh, this is it. This is it. This is him. And then 30 minutes go by. You're like, Oh, maybe it's not. (laughs) And you just sit there and just wait. But when I get too focused, I I can't just stay too focused. I just, I just sit there and stay quiet, and you know, every three four minutes, just give that quick look around. But yeah, I I I can't stay focused and and look around the entire time.
0: I think the the one that comes to mind for me is the nine point that I shot at Jake that I shot right under because of my rangefinder. Um. So Jake and I got up in a tree in early October and on public, and this deer comes in from the left, and I'm sitting in my hang-on tree stand, but I am using my uh, safety harness as like a makeshift saddle. Like I have the lineman's belt around the tree, and I'm just like facing the tree, kind of chilling there. And I see this deer, and this deer is like I spotted out of the McCormick, and it is hauling. And I'm like, if I tap on Jake's shoulder. By the time I tap on Jake's shoulder, he realizes there's a deer there. This deer is going to be 40 yards past us. So I grab my bow, and I get in full draw. Or sorry, I grab my bow, I range the deer, and it's like 35. And I'm like, hmm. I'm like, that doesn't seem right. I I grab it again, I was like, hit it again, it's 35. I'm like, BS. I hit it one more time, 35. I'm like, all right, fine. So I dial my sight to 45. As I get my bow into full draw, I hear Jake go, Dude, Buck, Buck. (laughs) Like he finally notices the buck is there. He's like, Buck. And I'm like, I know. (laughs) I'm in full draw. And you watch it, you can watch it in the video footage. I boom. Shoot. Phew. Right under it. And I'm like, no, it was. It was it was at 45, not 35 shot. And you know those FMJs, you do not get any mistake on range. They drop. Yeah. If it's 10, if you're 10 yards off, you're not hitting low. You're missing big time. So that was a rangefinder mistake and that cost me a easy shot on a deer
2: yeah the first thing i would have done is thrown that rangefinder <laughs> down on the ground that was the would have been the very first well,
1: thing well that was the rangefinder winston already shoot up mhm it so. was
0: probably wasn't calibrated right yeah that rangefinder is no longer with us i gave it away so it's gonna it's gonna haunt jacob McCruel now when he tries to shoot a deer with it
1: Oh, he has it now. Yeah, I gave it to. <laughs> Let's go. He, he was all thankful.
0: He's like, "Man, thanks for this. this. Is really nice." And I was like, "You're welcome. You'll see." <laughs> I it's mean, a, hey, it's a twenty. It's, it's like I mean, but but miles. in
1: all honesty, it probably got like caught on like like a little piece of grass or or a cluster of leaves in a tree or something like that. I think
0: so. It just frustrated me that I, that I hit the range three times. I knew in my brain it was not thirty five yards. I was like, mm-hmm. mm, "No, that's not 35. but. It is what it is. Cost me.
2: I also with my range finder, I don't know if everybody else does this, but my brother kind of, you know, one of the very first things he taught me when we when I started deer hunting is I don't really use the range finder if there's a deer. I always range find either trees or objects around. That way I don't have to mess with that rangefinder when that deer's there. Cause when we were hunting uh, Jake, after you had shot your good deer and I was going and hunting your spot, and that seven point came in. Man, I that thing was coming in so fast. I watched him for 150 yards, sat down, grabbed my bow, turned, and by the time I turned, he was already there. I wouldn't have time to range find it, but I knew that he was exactly at 30 because I ranged a tree that was exactly at 30 and he walked one yard, you know, closer to me than that tree. So I don't really actually range find, you know, deer. I just range find the obstacles because I, a good deer, I'm be up there shaking trying to range find. Just nope. I know what tree, you know, if there's a tree at 27, I know. Hey, if he's, you know, three yards further, he's at 30. He's two yards closer. It's 25, you know, stuff yeah. like
1: that. I think. Yeah, I think it's a really good point because like as you were talking, I was I was trying to think back, and I don't think there was ever a time out of all like bucks, does, fawns whatever that I've shot, I don't think there was a time I had the, like, had the time to just sit there and range it and be like, okay, he's 45. Okay. He's, he's 27. No, it's all, it's all kind of like what you were saying. Okay. I range that tree. So I think he's around this. And like, I mean, kind of like you said, it all happened so fast. I mean, that's, I, I'm thinking back and that's literally how all of mine went back. The only time I think I've ranged a deer was after I spined that boon and I had to put a second one in him, And that's the only time I've, I've ever ranged like another deer.
0: You guys really don't get to range very that, that often. I've ranged most of the deer that I've shot. I have not ever, I don't think in my life had a
2: deer that was just cr- cruising through, wandering around, walking slowly. I mean, the one at Jair's, he was out in the field head down, he knew where he was going. That, I mean thankfully I had a rifle at that with that deer. But uh but yeah, when we hunt public. No, I have not had a deer that I've seen that I would have time to range ever.
0: No. Oh, good. I was going to say the eye guard buck, the the big eight that I shot, I ranged that deer like four different times. Because I remember one time I hit him with the range and it said 51 and he was quartering to me and I was like, might be the only shot I'll get. And I was thinking about pulling back and shooting him quartering to me at 50 yards. And I
1: was like, no, that's that's probably not the best Whoa. idea. That buck took the same trail as the doe the day before, didn't it? It did. So you already kind of had like like a... A, a, a reference a visual, point. Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah, I
0: ranged him anyways. Yeah. Yeah, I shot that doe at 42, and then he was like 41 yards. And so, yeah,
1: if you have time, I would range, but it, I, a, lot, a lot of times you're not going to. But I feel like for most people, I mean, myself included, if, if I hunt over a corn pile... At the start, I'm like, okay, this I know for sure this corn pile is 25, 30 yards away from my from my blind or my stand. So just like if they come in, you, there, there's no point in ranging. That's true. Um, another th- couple things that I thought about equipment mistakes that
0: I've had just while we've hunted on public. One, a giant nick out of my bowstring that last season. Mm. Um, put my bow in the back seat pulled it out for the morning hunt where I shot my buck on public last year. The morning I pulled it out, it had probably three inches of string just hanging off and right by the serving or right by the D loop. Pretty, pretty rough.
2: Dude, you probably have PTSD because I remember in Stillwater, I had just walked inside and you came, came in the house, running in the house. And you're like, dude, my bow just blew up on me when your PSE blew up on you.
0: Oh, that was like
1: a couple days before we were going to the panel. Yeah, Yeah. it's the reason I bought the
0: Triax. But, well, I bought this PSE, this nice PSE, Lauren Bow Madness Epics. It It was like a $700 bow, and it had cam lean, so the cam was leaning like this. And when you do that, the string has a tendency to pop off. Well, I shot that bow, and like one of the first times I ever shot it, it, boom, blew up, string came off, and I was like, you've got to be kidding me. That's the same bow they sent me another one. And it got stolen off our porch. Crackheads, yeah,
1: yeah. Who would have done that? Mm, I don't know. Well, me and me and Christian went over there one day, and oh, maybe I shouldn't say this, but we were like kind of scanning around the house, seeing if we could see like like an open PSE box or something like that. And we we're just like, well,
0: they're smarter than that,
1: I guess. Don't see it there. Done this time or two. We say that, man. It wouldn't surprise me at all if UPS just never even brought it by. Well, the thing was is, we. I mean, it might not have been those neighbors, but we live between two trailer parks, (laughs) and we had people walk through our yard frequently. And I'll let you all put two and two together. We live between two trailer parks, and between them is our house and then another house that's maybe the size of our house's living room that three people live in. And when they're not there, they have someone house watch that house. And then- we have people go from both trailer parks into that house frequently. So I'll let you all just decide and kind of put together what I'm trying to say. And here.
2: one day they may or may not have came out in full hazmat suits.
0: <laughs> you remember that, Christian? <laughs> I think I think they they we're, just were scientists. Some You're like, cleaning. who are you?
2: Oh, we're just house watching. All right, leave me alone. Goodbye.
1: <laughs> they <laughs> were scientists. <laughs>
2: Yeah. They were getting that uh <laughs> they were they're... some
1: good cleaners, professional. Yeah. Uh oh, I
2: housekeeping.
0: <laughs> Jake, do you remember when you and I had to drive to the bow shop after my string came off, my PSC stinger um on public land? Like I I drew it I so I used to always wrap my release around the string. And oh I, yeah. One time when I was waiting for Jake to pick me up. I drew my bow back with just my bare hand and my release was on and it slid up under the cam and I was like, oh no. I tried to like, (laughs) like make the release come back off the string but eventually I wore out a string and I let it down and of, of course, the string's like, boop, boop, comes off the cam and I'm like, dude, we're like in a remote place. I'm like, there's no way I'm gonna have someone be able to fix this. We found a bow shop like, an hour away. And we drove there instead of eating lunch. We drove there, drove back and then got back in the tree. They just put it right back on at the bow shop and
1: it was good to go. Called you numb nuts for keeping your release on the string. I don't do that anymore. Do I? <laughs> we learn from mistakes here. Trial and error. Hey, yeah. did I
2: already ask you, I may have asked you guys this. It's you guys. I know for sure. It's one of you carry two releases. Me. You carry two in your bag or are yeah. they, are they the same release?
1: no it's gonna matter I also had to really
2: see i i will not i'm big on if it's different especially with the release i'm not going to shoot my bow with a different release because one millimeter of a different draw length or a anchor spot is gonna change my to- whole shot I'm too superstitious about that
1: i, could I care i could have two
2: of the same release and I still wouldn't if my release breaks I just or i lose it I just don't hunt I'm not going to hunt until I get a new release in on, on point Mm -hmm. with that.
1: Well, I can see that, but I'd rather draw back with the release. I'm not like, I'm, it feels foreign to me than two fingers because I guarantee if a big deer walks out, I'm flinging an arrow. I don't care if it's two fingers, Fred bear style or what, but funny story. Uh, so I carry two and granted both of those two are hand me downs. So I had my old one and then I had the one Christian gave me that, that old redhead that, that snapped on me during tack. And uh, November 2nd, when I shot that big one, I, uh, I forgot my primary release in the truck. And so I was using my backup release that day. Got it
0: done. That's got why it done I with the backup. It. That's it why you spine
2: it. <laughs> 12 yard shot hit that son of a gun in the spine. It all worked out. Dude, if you didn't spine it. Just take the weed. Think about it though. If you look back, if you didn't spine that deer, you either shoot it too high or if you hit underneath that spine, you hit it in the back strap, you don't that deer runs, it doesn't even die. If oh, I'm you aware. don't hit it in the spine, <laughs> yeah. you do not get that deer.
1: I don't care. I'd rather be lucky any day than uh than good. So
0: mm.
2: Well, I'm neither, but
0: <laughs> what other what other uh, equipment mistakes have we had? Things blow up. Have we had many
1: more bows blow up or anything like that? Oh, uh, so (laughs) I think, I think Carol should, should tell this story. Uh, again, we were all riding in the same truck and we, I, I don't know what happened, but I tried to make like a, uh, a 16 point turn down this old dirt road and I ended up getting my two wheel drive high centered or not high centered, but
0: I backed up too far
1: and luckily I, I had a ball on there. And the ball got caught on this ditch, and so my back wheels were just lifted off the ground. And again, it's two wheel drive, and so my back wheels were just sitting there spinning. Yeah. You know what the
2: problem was?
1: I don't. What was it? The problem was it was a Dodge. Fiat. Okay. (laughs) No. Oh yeah. I remember you saying, "Get out! Get out, push. Get out, Well, we're already running late, and dude, it's we're running
2: late, but there's still an hour and a half before the sun comes up jake's running late but he's i don't know what the heck i was like man i was still it's up in my different. tree i took a nap before that <laughs> came up that morning
1: so it's different when like you're the one driving because it's just like i'm going to be the last one for sure in my tree unless two people hunt the same spot because you got to drop one person off and then another person hunts another spot you got to drop the other person off and you're the last guy no matter how long it takes to hunt or get in that tree and it's just like you know i don't want to i don't want to walk in at prime time the scary thing was is if we were the only ones out there, let's say we we're the only ones
2: out there and that were to happen and we couldn't get unstuck. It would be a week
0: walk before we got back to somebody to get out of there. Rumor is <laughs> Rumor is the captain has been known to follow some people in there before. I know. I know one of them.
1: Wasn't there a story that that you ran into his little minion and he was like, "Hey, can't go in. You're like, "I'm picking up my buddy."
0: Oh yeah, uh, one time.
1: Now, now, I, I again use your words wisely. One time, I went to pick. It was you. Yes, right. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: it was. I went to pick Jacob, and I think it was. Was that after I had already shot a deer? Yes. Yeah, it was you, a last season. You were, you were tagged out. Okay, so I went in to pick Jacob, and it was like probably thirty minutes before dark. I, I drove in because I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna go in here and I'll sit and wait for Jake. And um, I go to pull in, and he goes, uh. Hey, what are you doing? I'm like going to pick up my buddy that I dropped off earlier. And he's like, well, you can't be going in after dark. And I was like, well, it's crazy. Cause it's not dark. <laughs> and it wasn't though. It wasn't, it wasn't. And he goes, yeah, but you gotta be out of there by dark. And I go, well, how are all the people that are, that are hunting going to be out of there by dark? And he was like, can't let you go in, man. And I was like, do you want me to leave him? <laughs> and he was like well like he, he was asking me he's like could you be in and out in, in 15 minutes and i was like yeah let me call him with no service hey can you be out of the tr- no i can't be i told him i was like yeah man i'll be back in 10 minutes and then i went and picked Jacob. It was like an hour and a half later i came back through
1: yeah i think so, that yeah. game warden just had like like a little power trip or something you can't go in after dark well
0: i'm going to you know Justin then went to get a deer one time after dark, and they, like, got on to him bad. Like, wanted to act like they were committing a
1: felony or something.
0: Any last equipment mistakes?
1: Make sure you have good tires. I'm pretty mistake-free. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> I'm trying
0: to think what else, If if there's any other equipment mistakes I've had. Besides bow strings popping off, rangefinders not working, getting stuck, um, dropping bows at a tree, dropping muzzle at it. Man, I said, I've already said five myself. I'm sure we've had plenty.
1: Well, I guarantee you, you ask us the second week of October the same question. We're we'll like, oh, okay, we got another full episode on this. You get ready. Because, I mean, it's just, it, it feels like we've been out of the game too long, and it's just like, you kind of forget those little things like that.
0: I'll be reminded the first time I get in a tree exactly. in Kansas of what, went, what all has went wrong with me before Oh, I've sure. dropped. I've had sticks kick out before, like stepping on a stick and you look down and your stick's sitting there like this on the tree. And you're like, uh, I'll worry about that when I get down. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Just be high stepping it real quick, man.
2: We need to do another episode on, because when we, uh, when we go hunt public, we do the whole week, week and a half camp, what we take to camp, you know, and, really what to bring
0: we did an episode about how we camp like a week ago and we talked about like how we camp in the summer in the truck and then we talked about no i
2: I, i'm dear god people don't do that go to walmart buy a
1: tent (laughs) yeah i would recommend it
2: i I will say the wall the wall tent is awesome but there are a lot of pros and cons
0: there's a lot too, of cons too.
2: Well, yeah, th- that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, man, it has to be, I-, I will say the biggest pro is when it's cold, that baby is a lot warmer inside, but if it's, if it's over 70 degrees, it's not,
0: can't use it No, Cause it's too warm. It's a heat box. It's like a hot box. Yeah. So you I, guys
2: talked about all like what you take, like all the equipment and stuff. Not
0: necessarily. We kind okay, of just, talked, I didn't No. We just I didn't talked even about covered all the equipment and stuff. No, we
1: just talked about what uh what we did. Logic. As long as we bring bush apples, I think. I think it's all it's gonna be a good hunt. Uh y'all ready for some QA? Oh, before, did we get some? We have we have three from we posted the video a few hours ago before we did that other podcast. All right, let's see what we got. Okay, so the first one from Creek Kings is a recurve ethical. Whenever a compound is much more accurate and consistent, question mark, why risk a bad shot? I'll go first. Absolutely. Why would, I mean, you're, you're sacrifice You can't shoot 50 yards with
2: a recurve. There's so many pros and cons, but yeah, I, I will say, I give you props if you hunt with the recurve. Like I will respect you so much more.
1: But what they're saying is why use a recurve when a compound's more accurate and consistent?
2: What well, I mean, why it's use just a, bow a at bigger all. challenge. Yeah. yeah. Why would you use a bow when there, when there's rifle season, you know? Why would you do that? I think, anyway. yeah, absolutely. Long story short. Yes. It's, it's very ethical. I mean, it's practice with it. You know, there's a, there's a part that has to sit with you. Right. For example, when I saw the eight point last year, it was an ethical shot for a 55 yard shot for me. Could I have made that shot? Yeah, I can shoot that far, but it wasn't ethical because I don't practice. I knew that it's not, you know, I was not confident in it. If you're confident with your recurve, you think you can make a good shot. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Well, your ancestors use it, so had to have worked, I guess. <laughs> yeah, at one point, I
0: think to put into perspective, anyone that bow hunts at all has foregone the most convenient thing for a more for more of a challenge. Like a compound bow is way more challenging than a muzzleloader and a rifle, and a recurve takes that even to another extreme. So, to say if it's ethical, and in a lot of ways, there's a lot of things about bow hunting that aren't ethical if you don't practice and you don't but um, the time in. So it's, I think it's just like a compound bow, a compound bow in the wrong hands can be very unethical and a recurve in the wrong hands could be very unethical. So I, think I mean, it's less to do with the method of take and more with the person.
1: Yeah. And again, you could say the same thing about a rifle too. people who sighted in three seasons ago and they go out there and just like, well, cited in one time before, I mean, rifle, so to speak in the outdoor world, that's like, If you want to get it done, that's what you use, right? And I'm not saying you have to be any better or any worse to use it, but I'm just saying it can be the most ethical thing out there as of now, and people will still find a way to make it unethical.
0: That's true, and I think you do have to have some respect for the animal. Like, if you're not good with a recurve, don't be trying to shoot a deer at 30 yards with a recurve because that's not ethical. And same thing with the people that don't sight in their gun and they just go rifle hunt and they shoot a deer in the butt. And then they're confused why they did. You have to have enough respect for the animal that you're not. You got to know your limits. I know my limits with a compound, and it's a lot less than I care to admit. I mean, my limits are probably like forty yards with a compound, realistically speaking. Yeah, same. So that's it's it's unethical in the wrong hands. So you have to have some respect for the animal. If you're a recurve hunter and and you can't shoot more than ten yards, don't shoot more than ten yards, please question number 2 actually question number 2 is a comment i don't think it's a question um, but dmac McAllister, 01 says man i can hang and talk deer with y'all all day
1: hope to see you soon okay it's okay. a nice well, fella. like i said we all crack open the bush apples together it'll be a good time
0: i think i think Dan- i think his name's daniel i think he's from oklahoma he looks very familiar um,
1: he's been following for a while on, on, on he's the video. He's very TikTok. consistent.
0: Yeah, he's, he's a, he seems like a really good dude. And I've looked at his TikTok and it looks like he's a deer slayer uh, according to his videos. So I feel like I've seen him on Whitetail Cribs. I actually? really do. Yeah, I actually think he's on Whitetail hmm. Cribs. Um, cool dude. Thanks for the comment, DMAC. And we may see man. you soon. Hopefully, we'll see you soon. I don't know where, but we'll, we'll see you soon. Big Rev. Second question comes from Big Rev. TJ Rain116 is his name. He says, Have you hit on using crossbows? Have we talked about crossbows or thoughts on crossbows?
1: Uh, I mean, we have, but for the new listeners, we, we can touch base with that again if y'all want. Carol, what do you think?
2: I'll go last.
1: <laughs>
0: Christy? Uh, crossbows, man, I don't care. Mm-hmm. It, it tends to be my my response to most things in this polarizing world is you can do whatever you want to do. Just don't tell me what to do. And I say that as someone who doesn't hunt next to people that crossbow hunt, if people crossbow hunted next to me and shot all my big deer with a crossbow, that'd probably frustrate me. And it does frustrate me a little bit when I'm on a, you know, if I hunt a place in Kansas, that's bow only. And I see dudes walking around the crossbow doesn't really seem like a bow in a lot of ways. And um, there's guys that there's like a new air bow out now. So it looks I've like a that. gun and you just shove a bolt down the barrel and we're getting closer and closer to a gun while still shooting an arrow. If you want to, I really don't have a problem with it, but I think a good point is when people have proposed for them to have their own season that I wouldn't be opposed to that.
1: That's, that's literally what I was going to say. Like, again, I don't care what you use or anything like that, but I would if someone was like, "Hey, sign this piece of paper and we're gonna to try to make a, a crossbow season. I'd be like, put me number one on the list. And it's not it's not trying to knock or anything like that. It's just they don't compare. Like they're different. S- you do the stats, line them up, they don't compare. And same could be same for or same could be said for recurve to a compound. like I get it because I'm sure as soon as muzzle letter season came about or whatever. All the archery hunters were just like, oh, you know, what the hell. But the thing is, muzzleloader has their own season. You know what I mean? So it's just like, yes. is that not like the category for rifles, right? And I know a muzzleloader is a downgrade from a rifle, but still yet yeah, that's in its own season. And you would think something that is h- highly more effective than a compound would also be put in its own season. Not trying to knock anything, but that's just, it seems logical to do.
0: And if the difference is you're not going to go hunting if you can't use a crossbow, I would much rather you hunting with a crossbow than not hunting at all. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. I I mean, just FYI for people that are listening, anything that has like bad shoulders or a bad back or anything, yeah, I I I completely get that. But I don't know. Kind of like we spoke on the last podcast. You don't want to like fight people from within, you know, because we're all one big community. We should be supporting it. And you know, as the other people with the bigger pockets are trying to take away the public lands. We, we should all be focused more on that than you know fighting from within so yep I mean I'd rather not even talk about that but I mean I guess it's too late but I mean it is what it is
0: you asked yeah yeah so
1: <laughs> <Just> got Carol
2: <laughs> you guys know how I feel about the crossbows
0: <laughs> cross guns <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah I, I I believe uh Jairs and I have a pretty good opinion same opinion yeah I, I don't you know. I get frustrated with them um there's people that should be able to use them you know i think what what was it like senior citizens and disability i think were able to use a crossbow
0: yeah 10 years ago that's how it was
2: yeah that that was how it used to be i like that i get frustrated because crossbow you get to use all season you get three months you can shoot a crossbow 100 yards
0: i mean pretty (laughs) accurately too by the way You can
2: sit on the edge of a field. How's that? That's just, I don't know. Um, Do what you want. You know, like you said, I agree. It's better that you get out there and hunt, you know, with the crossbow than not hunt at all. Um, I feel like it can be abused. I don't know anyone personally that really abuses it, but I can see how it can be abused, especially in Oklahoma with our state loss with bucks, two bucks, you know put crossbow in a season, put it at the end of the year when it's very, very cold. And <laughs> that would fix a lot of problems with rifle season as well. If we did that with rifle, but anyways, that's on another rant, but yeah, do it, do what you want. I just, I'm not impressed when somebody says, Oh, look at my deer with the crossbow. And it's like, Hey, you're a 25 year old guy. You can pull back 80 pound compound bow.
1: Is there you got a good land?
2: Why, why, why are you, you know, that it's a, I wouldn't say a glitch in the system, but, you know that you can you know that you can do better you exploit know you can, it yeah you, you you're exploiting it but at the same time it kind of hurts because there's people out there that need to use it but it hurts them too you know it's
1: kind of like hunting it's so circumstantial like yeah everything about hunting cir- circumstantial. there's just no right answer there's just
2: no way to do it that's gonna please
1: everybody so does does Oklahoma have a way that that they can track crossbow harvests I don't or think is it just all archery only see it's because archery. i think they they at least need to do that at least if they don't switch up the seasons or anything like that i think they at least need to uh differentiate or yeah
2: just for the data J- that's just the, thing. For the data, and, and
1: that way they know like how much more successful and how, how many more tags are filled from a crossbow than like a recurve or a compound like i don't even care if if if, if they go as far as making all three of them separate categories like okay did you kill this with the recurve or a compound or a crossbow put them all in separate categories i don't know but the thing is is if we have a multitude more of uh success rates on public lands or whatever used from archery season well that's i mean from a selfish standpoint that's going to hurt us in multiple ways right that's like okay so they're harvesting all these deer using archery season so maybe they could go as far as it let's say lord forbid our population goes down well what are they going to do if our population goes down they're going to see okay all together archery crossbows re- recurve compound included are harvesting x amount of deer per year so what would they do they would shorten our season and for us compound and especially recurve people that would be pretty detrimental right because less time to hunt and obviously i, I would say the majority of people don't really hunt in january anyways but even if they did that shortened it fifteen days? Where instead of January fifteenth, it was just like December thirty first, in a hunting season, whatever. Like I don't know if it helped that much, but they could go further than that. So I think at least they need to start just putting them in in their own separate categories, if not their own seasons.
2: I will say, if I shot a crossbow, I'd I'd tag out the last three years in a row, but I don't.
1: I'd have a lot. I mean, seriously, I, I'd at least have two more bucks I, on my wall for sure.
2: Yeah, no, I, I would I ha- would have tagged out the last two years if I could, would shoot a crossbow, but I look at it like that. Like I said, I'm kind of sour about it, but do what you want.
0: What do you mean? <laughs> we're taking a crossbow to the lease opening day.
2: No, we're not. I, I, I I'm too deep. <laughs> I won't, I won't, I won't. Honest to God. Crossbow. Like I said, hey, I'm not knocking people that shoot them. I, I'm not. I'm just jealous. More importantly, it's it's my own fault because I I'm jealous of it. I'm jealous. Because Honestly, I know that I can't shoot a deer over 40 yards. I can't. I suck. I suck at shooting my bow at 40 yards plus. I can't make that shot. With a crossbow, I could. You just squeeze the trigger, put it on them.
1: You all should try to Tim Wells one, at least a doe, like late season or something. Go up there to your lease after you all shot shot your three big ones up there. And uh, try to put like the corn or the feeder like directly under the stand. And then uh, just buy a large spear and try to spear a doe or something. That'd be pretty cool.
2: If yeah, that uh, no. <laughs> no. No, that's where the unethical line c- crawls in.
1: Tim Wells does it. Blockmaster. Uh, come on.
2: Uh, I would though, I, I would really consider it um to buy a recurve. If I tag out this year, I would consider buying a recurve and try to shoot doe. And at least practicing with it, but
1: I wouldn't take it for anything other than the McAllister hunt. That's true. That's just my take on it it's already hard enough with the compound at least for me there ain't no way i need to throw some more challenges because my luck i'll be like oh there's a 170 25 yards my max is like five yards (laughs) (laughs) this is cool this is fun yeah that's for real i know people people uh
0: i know people that uh they struggle to kill them with a compound and i have also struggled to kill on the compound so i'm not trying to sound cocky but then they switch to a recurve i'm like i didn't think you figured out the compound thing yet Like, why are you switching to something that's even harder
1: already? That might be like a mental trick, though. You use something harder, and then the compound seems easier. That's almost like the equivalent of, like, shooting 95 yards when your corn pile is only, like, 25 yards. You got a point.
0: I don't know. Well, thank you, Alan, for the podcast topic. We always appreciate it. Like, if you guys want any questions answered or you have any potential podcast topics, make sure to email us, thehuntersadvantage at gmail.com. You can send us a message, Insta, TikTok, uh, even comment on a YouTube video. But before we go, make sure to leave us a rating and review review if you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts especially, and go shove to the YouTube. And if you want any merchandise like uh, Jake's wearing a beautiful shirt, Peyton's wearing a beautiful shirt, huntersadvantagemerch.com. We'll have it in the podcast description. You guys can go check out the hats and shirts there. yeah and it you know about the merch
2: it's crazy and i don't it might be too much information but listen if you're a young single guy i bought these shirts and i wore them out in public and i mean man i got i got like 10 ladies every single day (laughs) hey baby you single you know i'm unfortunately not second thing they say is man i like that shirt i say well girl i can show you where to go get one check out the merch site they're good looking You're sexy. Look at Jake. You're a young, good-looking single man.
1: Boyfriend material.
2: Boyfriend material. Check him out.
0: Thank you, guys. Jake, you're not going to say Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. (laughs) Thank you, you guys, so much for checking out the Hunters Advantage podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcast, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to the podcast. Thank you, guys, so much, and we'll see you in the next episode.